the title of the message today is First God's Kingdom and His Righteousness. Um, so we have a, a little outline for you there. Um, we're talking about three, three main points over here with three uh, uh, different scriptures throughout. Sorry, sorry about this. Um, and the, the first uh, one, the first point is that I may know him out of Philippians 3.10a. We talked about that last week a little bit. The second verse we talked about as well. I just want to bring him to your attention again and talk from a different angle a, a little bit. The second point is, it's all inclusive out of Romans 8.32. And then I have a nice little story, a testimony uh, for you as well there. And then thirdly, don't worry. Uh, Matthew 6.25 through 34. This is going to be the focus, the focal passage. And our focal verse is going to be verse 33. So, that I may know him, our first point out of Philippians 3.10. It says that, uh, that I may know him, Paul is saying, and, uh, and, the, and the power of the resurrection, and so on and so forth. Last week was Resurrection Sunday, so we talked about the resurrection part of that verse. But now today I would like to talk a little bit more about that I may know him. Last week I told you that that was one of Paul's most, the greatest desires that you would know Jesus Christ. And I told you last week that the word know over there is not about intellectual knowledge, so much as that it is about experiential knowledge, a more, a deeper, more intimate knowledge. So it is not just knowing about a person, but it is knowing the person. So often we have thought that uh, when we read the scriptures, we know, we get to know Jesus, and this is true. We get to know him only so deep because the scriptures describe his character, his nature, his, his doings, and miracles, and so on and so forth. But the scriptures uh, describe a lot the Jesus who was on the, on the face of the earth for those 33 days, uh, 33 years. And... But then after those 33 years, he went to glory. And the glorious Lord Jesus Christ is the one that confronted Paul on the road to Damascus. It was not the one with the beard and the sandals and the long hair and the robe. Okay, as glorious as that was, that was the veil over the glory of the Lord because he came in human form. But now he's back in glory with the Father. And he is the one, the glorious one, is the one that confronted Paul on the road to Damascus. So Paul is saying, I want to know him even more. Now, if Paul needs to know him more, I need to know him more. And I want to know him in a deeper way. Uh, I want to know the resurrected one. I want to know the ascended one. I want to know the one that is in glory. He is the one I want to have communion with. He is the one that I want to talk to. By the way, you might ask the question, then how do I get to know someone better? Well, 
Yeah, you can read about the person and you'll, you'll, you'll get to know about them and maybe there's a trace of getting to know them. But for you to get to know them, you have to spend time with them. And so, so that's why I, I, I spend time with the glorious Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and I want to get to know him better. But I want to get to know him better, not just so that I get to know him and I can just have a little braggadocio and say, you know, I, I know him so well. No, 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 no. This is not it at all. I, I want to be very humble about this thing because I want to know him better. I want to know him more so that I can make him known to other people. That is the desire of my life, to know him more and deeper and better so that I can make him known to other people. So that was the first point, uh, that I may know him. The second point is, it's all inclusive. So I'm going to repeat the verse to you that we talked about last week briefly. The verse out of uh, Romans 8.32 um, that goes like this. He who did not spare his own son. There is another translation that says that he who did not even spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Here comes the question. This is a rhetorical question. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Wow. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So, Paul, you know, Paul sometimes gets a little bit redundant at times, right? He says, how shall he, the father, not with him, the son, with him, and then he uses the word also. Well, it was already with him, it was included with him, also, and then freely give us all things. So, he has given us what Paul is saying over here. He has given us the best gift already in Jesus Christ. Is he going to withhold anything else from us? Let me just give you a quick story. Uh, many years ago, a few tennis friends of mine, uh, uh, Jerry and Gerald and myself, we won a big prize for 10 people. So the three pros and their wives, there were six, and then we had four other ones to, to give to other people or, or whatever. So the 10 of us went to New York. It was a prize that was that we won because we had uh, sold more memberships than than most people that 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 participated in the in the uh, uh, in the survey and the, the the selling of the membership, trying to the competition, if you will, trying to get the prizes. And it was interesting because we won second place, and that's exactly what I want because first place was ten. Uh, sessions, four sessions, I'm sorry, 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 the sessions for the finals on the final day for 10 people in the luxury suite that they had uh, available for us. I didn't want to be on finals because that means you have only the final, the players that are playing the finals. And so it is uh, not that interesting. But the week before, that's the one I want to win. And that's the one that we ultimately won. So 10 people, airline tickets paid for, a hotel paid for, transportation from Manhattan to the uh, National Tennis Center daily, um, uh, food, 
paid for the luxury suites, four sessions in the luxury suite. And man, I mean, it was a package worth about $30,000. So here I want you to imagine I'm sitting in the luxury suite, right? I'm sitting in the luxury suite. Uh, I'm watching in air conditioning. I'm watching the U.S. Open that is being played on the center court right outside of the balcony that we have outside of the luxury suite, looking right onto center court. But now I'm sitting in the air conditioning a little bit and watching it on television and enjoying the sight and the taste of the food that is in front of us. All kinds of food and all kinds of drink. Loaded. Ah. Uh, and can you imagine, there is a cluster of grapes. We had an attendant in the room and I called the attendant, hey sir, would you say, listen, I wanna ask you sir, is, is, is this cluster of grapes, is that included in the package? <laughs> Can you imagine what he would say to me? Sir, come on, this package is worth $30,000 and you're asking me if this cluster of grapes is included. It's all inclusive, sir. It's all inclusive. This is what I'm, the illustration I'm trying to give you is that when God had, the Father had given us Jesus, it was all inclusive. It's, it's the whole package. Yes, there's still things that we need to do. Uh, we need to go to work. We, we, God is asking us to do many things. Yes, but he's giving us the motivation. He's giving us the power. He's giving us the words. He's giving us everything that we need to do what he's asking us to do. It is all inclusive. It's the whole package. When we get Jesus, we get it all. Woo! Oh man, I, I, I love it. And so and so he says, he's, the Father's gonna give us everything, all things, freely with Jesus. Uh, and so it's all inclusive. And the all things here are, he's talking here about, of course, um, the spiritual and the physical needs that we might have. And um, now then we're going to go to the third point. Don't worry. Don't worry. That is what I call this third point. Because the passage that we're going to look at is talking about the issue of worry. And it's talking about some other things as well. So let's look at it. The focus uh, verse is going to be, uh, so the focus passage is Matthew 6, 25 through 34. The focus verse is going to be Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So let's go to the passage and we'll read through it. We'll read through it and then we'll go verse by verse uh, to an extent. Uh, here we go. 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. So he's saying, hey, don't worry about what you're going to eat, drink, or put on or wear for clothing. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? That's a rhetorical question. Look at the birds in the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more 
of more value than they? That's a rhetorical question. 27. Which of you, another rhetorical question, by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So, why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet, I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not, another rhetorical question, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? 31. Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Then 34 says this, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So let me set the table concerning this passage. What is this passage about? Let me give you four suggestions. One is this. Uh, we read the word worry six times in these verses. Six times. So certainly it is about the issue of worry. Right? And Jesus says, right off the bat, he says, do not worry. Right off the bat, he says, for I say unto you, do not worry about your life. So it is about worry. Um, and, and one of the ways of interpreting scripture is, of course, uh, to see which words or issues, uh, subjects, objects, uh, repeat themselves often in a text and then you have a pretty good idea that it is about that very thing that's repeated often. Okay, so six times the word worry is repeated in these uh, 10 verses. That is uh, more than once every other verse. So that is repeating a, a number of times. But then a second thing that I want to bring to your attention is that uh, but Jesus in verse 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God. So whatever the rules of interpretation are, Jesus always terms all those rules. He says, first seek the kingdom of God. So it is about seeking the kingdom of God, and that's what we need to do first. So I'm going then and saying, okay, the emphasis is on seeking first the kingdom of God, and so you call, you call the sub-focus, if you will, is the worry issue. Because it is because that you're going to seek the kingdom of God first that you don't have to worry. But we'll, we'll get there. So, and then thirdly, the fourth, third suggestion I want to make to you is that it is so fascinating to me, it's just a, 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 an observation, fascinating to me that in the scriptures, it is often taught with rhetorical questions. Here there's four rhetorical questions. I gave you a rhetorical question earlier out of Romans 8.32 when Paul is asking, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? A rhetorical question because he will give us freely 
all things with Jesus Christ. So, um, I, I, I find it interesting, rhetorical questions. They, they, they make me laugh a little bit. They make me smile a little bit because they, they make the point so well. How can anybody make a case as to how this is possible? Are you a good lawyer? Are you an attorney that can make a case that can say, hey, uh, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? All things. Is there a case that can be made that he won't? In other words, the fourth thing, the suggestion I want to make to you is that in this particular passage, now there are other passages that have to do with spiritual needs, right? We have the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and so on and so forth. Um, we have those spiritual, because there's fruit of the spirit. So yes, <laughs> they're spiritual, yes. Uh, but though the kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom, it manifests itself also in the physical and material world. So um, here then, we're speaking about seeking first the kingdom of God. And part of what is going to come along with that is that the Father will take care of our basic physical needs. So uh, let's, let me just give you the rhetorical questions real quick. Uh, interesting to me. It may not be interesting to you, but, but it must be interesting to Jesus because he, he used them. It must be interesting to Paul because he uses them. So let me give you the first one. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Uh, secondly, are you not of more value than they? We'll, we'll get to those verses. Thirdly, which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Fourthly, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Well, um, many years ago, I don't know, uh, you might be too young, I don't know, but, but many years ago, there's a guy named uh, Bob Marley, who had a song that went like this, Don't worry, be happy. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know what Bob Marley had in his mind when he wrote that song. Don't worry, be happy. I, 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 uh, some people think that ah, he's just, just so come see, laissez-faire, nonchalant. Ah, don't worry about anything. Just let life happen. You don't have to do anything. That is not what Jesus is saying over here. He's just saying, don't worry. But in the text, when I read it, it makes me happy. It makes me smile because my heavenly father is, and his son are taking the time to explain to us in quite a succinct way, in quite clear way, that he is going to take care of us and that we should not worry. We should not worry. So let us look at the first verse there, verse 25. I'll read the verse and then we'll go into it a little bit. Okay? So, therefore I say to you, Therefore is, is therefore because of previously what he, had, what he had talked about. We can't go into that. We'll start right over here. I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So when Jesus says, excuse me, when Jesus says, do not worry. 
He is, this is not a plea for idleness. He is not saying, hey, just, hey, just sit in the, the, the tree, baby, and, 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 and just chill. No, he, it is about worry. The issue is worry or not worry. And so he's saying, don't worry. Uh, there's some things that you need to know about eating, drinking, and, and dressing. But one of the things that is exclusive is worry. Do not worry, he is saying. So, um, obviously, idleness is, is not part of the picture because we know very well that it says in 2 Thessalonians 3.10 that, hey, the guys, hey, if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. <laughs> so, uh, of course, all we, often we have uh, misunderstood that, that working thing over there because we, we always are equating it with employment or, or, or a paying job. But that is not the working that he's talking about over here. Otherwise, if you if you do not work and, you, and therefore you cannot eat, uh, anybody who's not employed, like uh, a housewife that is staying at home housewife, she works harder than maybe even her husband. But she, so it is, so she should eat. It is not about the employment thing. It is about the working thing. If you just want to sit and chill, then hey, and you don't contribute anything to the group, then. Paul is saying there, you shouldn't eat. But if you're working, even if you're not getting paid, then you are entitled to part of the, the food that the group has or, or, or whatever, or that you get and that you get to share with other people and so on and so forth. Um, so no idleness, please. And uh, do not worry, that, that is, is the New King James, the, the my King James, the old, older version says, uh, do not be anxious. Do not be anxious. So when we're talking about worry, it is not the idea that you cannot think about it. You cannot be concerned about it. You cannot plan. All of the above, all of the above, you, 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 should, you should do and are quite allowed. But the worry that Jesus is talking about is the anxiety thing. It's that nervousness. You're losing sleep over things. You get anxious. You, you, you lose it sometimes. That is the one that Jesus is talking about. And from where I'm looking, worry is a sin. Now, some people might object to that. You, you're welcome to it and you'll even win the argument. But from where I'm looking, worry is a sin because we say very clearly and plainly to God that God... I'm going to worry about this because I don't think that you're up to the challenge. So it is a form of pride because I am thinking, you know what? I'm not going to give this one to God. I'm going to go a different route. So in your own pride, you think that you have a better way than God. So, so this, is, this is, sometimes we, we are a little bit nonchalant about it. Sometimes we are a little bit uh, easy peasy about it. But God doesn't want us to worry. Jesus is giving us here 10 verses, 10 verses to let us know that we shouldn't worry. So let's not worry. So today with the coronavirus thing going on, I think we need the message over here. But I want you to know that I'm coming to this lesson today to my sharing with you today 
sort of like I feel like Jesus is coming, not in a condemning way, not in a judgmental way, not in a scolding way, but in an encouraging way. I want to encourage you to not worry and to trust God. To not worry and to trust God. I want to encourage you and give you a message from the King of Kings and Lord of Lords who loves you beyond, beyond all comprehension. So let me give you a little bit of testimony so that you see that I'm not just theorizing over here, that I've gone through some plenty of difficulty myself. I can't tell you about all of it. I need a week uh, uh, uninterrupted to be, to be able to tell you about all the difficulty that I've gone through and, and all the tests and trials and so on. But I'll just give you a, a, a little bit. Uh, so many years ago, uh, I lost my business. If you have ever lost your job, you know how difficult it is, let alone if you've lost your business. So it was very difficult. You know, the difficulty that comes along with losing your business, you are getting financial trouble. Uh, God is uh, humbling you, uh, even sometimes maybe embarrassing you. Hey, that's good. He, he's humbling. I needed humbling. Still do. Uh, he, uh, things are difficult. You, you, you feel like you cannot buy this and, or buy that. People invite you to go to get an ice cream cone at one of the ice cream places. And you have to say, sorry, I, I, I simply don't have the money. I, I can't do it. Uh, uh, I'm going to get me a, a quart uh, or so instead of two cones. Uh, a quart at a, at, a, at a grocery store instead of two cones at an ice cream place. Uh, that, that, that's, that's all I can afford. I can't, sorry, I can't go with you. Um, so uh, one particular morning, I'm with my wife opening the refrigerator. And when we open the refrigerator, there is not one thing in the refrigerator, not even a pint of milk. And we look at each, at each other and I tell my wife, honey, don't worry. <laughs> That's what Jesus told us here in this passage. Don't worry. We belong to the God who owns it all. And we are his children. And God takes care of his children. Matter of fact, well, let, 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 me just, let me just go on with this first. I told my wife, I say, God will provide for us. He, he might send it with the ravens. He might drop it from the sky. He might send it with some friends. I don't know what it's going to look like. But honey, let's just trust the Lord. So I went to work at about 10 o'clock. This is pretty early in the morning. I mean, not 7 o'clock in the morning or whatever, but this is not like at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Pretty soon, God heard our prayers and, and, and answered them. Or he heard our prayers right away, but he answered them pretty soon. That's what I was trying to say. Uh, some friends from Taft, farmers. I'm not going to mention their names because they probably don't want me to mention their names. Dear, dear friends. They called and they said, hey, are you going to be there? I say, yes, sister, you're one of my favorite sisters. I love to see you. And so two of the sisters came with three bags, those brown bags, grocery bags, full of frozen meat, fresh vegetables. There are farmers there in Taft and fresh vegetables under the guise they are cleaning their refrigerator and their freezer. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> they just wanted to take care of their brother and sister. 
and God had sent them our way. So those three bags, brown bags, lasted us for weeks. Frozen beef and pork and chicken and fresh vegetables that they had uh, done themselves. So you see, uh, and, and on and on and on. It was also a time where the South Texas economy had gone south a little bit, nosedive. And many people in our Sunday school class, I was a Sunday school teacher at the time, uh, would say, hey, <laughs> I don't know where my next uh, mortgage payment is gonna come from, or, or rent, or we're short on, on this, that, or the other. And I had to tell him what God told me as I went to the Father and says, Lord, what do, I, what do I tell those people? I'll give you his words, quoting word for word. He says, tell them that when they became my children, they became my responsibility. Ha! What? I've never heard such a thing. I, I had heard some things, some crazy things like, God helps those who help themselves. Nothing is further from the truth. That, 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 that is not from God. Because... What kind of a God is it? I, as an earthly father, when our children were born to, into our family, I, as the earthly father, I had to make sure that they had to eat, that we could clean them up, that I had a place to sleep, and so on and so forth. And I was just an earthly father. How much more our heavenly father? Those kids were my responsibility because they were born into our family. And when we were born into into the family of God, we became his responsibility. And um, so I am just wanting you to know that as I'm teaching this, I am coming from a place of experience and have great compassion. If you find yourself in this difficulty of maybe being short on one thing or another, or you're wondering where your next meal is gonna come from. Hey, I'm just trying to tell you, trust God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Let me, let me go on. We're going back to the text. So he's speaking over here. Jesus is speaking over here. And he's saying, um, listen, uh, don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or what you're going to wear. Is, he's, he's saying that in, in, in that verse, he is saying, uh, is not life more than food? What he's saying with that is, hey, listen, I've given you life. I've given you something that's more than food. Shall I not also take care of your food? And is your body not more than clothing? Hey, listen, I've given you the important one, your body. Am I not going to take care of your clothing as well? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It doesn't make sense for us to think and worry that our Heavenly Father is not going to take care of us. Verse 26, he is now giving us an example of food, how he takes care with his food. So um, he says, look at the birds in the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So he's giving us uh, a, an example over here. So 
the, the thing that we need to be careful with sometimes when we read scripture is that it is not here about, let's not build a doctrine about not, not uh, uh, sowing, not reaping, or, or not gathering. This is not what he's talking about. He is just giving the example that the birds, they are not sowing or reaping or gathering. Matter of fact, we should sow and reap and gather. It is not about that. It is about not to worry. That is the issue. Because I'll just name you one name, Joseph from the Old Testament. And we'll see right clear there that when the, 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 the seven fat years and the seven lean years were about to come over there, that he heard from God the wisdom, hey, and the, during the seven fat years, you start gathering. So it is not like he stopped sowing, reaping, or gathering, or storing. He, he, he sowed, he reaped, he gathered, he sowed, so that they could survive the seven lean years. So let me just make that very clear. Matter of fact, he wants us. If you're a farmer, you know very well. You cannot just chill and sit under the tree. You have to sow, reap, and, and ultimately store so you can sell or whatever you do, you're going to do with, 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 with that. So, and he's saying then, um, the, the second rhetorical question, are you not of more value than the birds? The answer is, you are of more value than the birds. If he's going to feed the birds and you are of more value than the birds, is he then not going to feed you as well? Of course he's going to feed you as well. But he's saying, I don't want you to be worrying. It's about the issue of worrying because your heavenly father knows very well how to take care of you and give you not only these uh, basic supplies, but whatever else that he thinks that you need, but he gives it with an illustration with these basic needs. Do not worry. Be anxious for nothing because the Father will take care of you. He will supply everything, even your motivation, wisdom, strength, you name it. He'll supply it if you need it for his purposes. The third rhetorical question is, besides which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature. A cubit is about 18 inches. It goes from your elbow to the tip of your fingers, more or less. It is not exact, but that's a cubit. He is, Jesus is making the, the, the case over here that, hey, listen, uh, who can add an inch to your stature by worrying? Who can add a dime to your bottom line by worrying? Who can add one moment of life by worrying. I would say quite the opposite. You might subtract from your life by worrying. So he doesn't want us to worry. Worrying is not a good testimony for the Lord. So, hey, like I say, I'm coming from a very compassionate point of view because I've gone through it. That, that, that period, it is not that we were, we had nothing to eat or nothing to wear, nothing to drink. God gave us to eat and to drink and stuff to wear. But uh, it was that we were not going to worry. And it, it took 20 years to get out of it completely. 20 years. We were not suffering, short, or whatever. But the whole thing dragged on to about 20 years. Uh, like I said, I don't have enough time to, 
to, to go into it too much. But do not worry. Then now, he is going on that clothing thing in verse 28. So why do you worry about clothing? He's asking. <laughs> he's giving the example about the clothing. Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow, they neither toil nor spin. They grow, they don't work, and they don't spin wool for clothing. <laughs> and yet, I say to you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. <laughs> Why do you worry about clothing when a lily in the field, God has clothed her or him so beautifully? And Jesus makes the comparison with Solomon in all of his glory. In all of his glory, Solomon was not arrayed, was not clothed as beautifully as one of them, one of those lilies in the field. And check this out. Now he says this. So are you not more important to the father than the lilies who are here today, as beautiful as they are, and tomorrow they're thrown in the oven and burned, gone, fuchi, no more. Shall he not much more clothe you? Yes. Um, so, and I'm going on to verse 30. Uh, it is connected with, with 29 there a little bit. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field or the lilies of the field, as he says, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Uh, you know, some people might take the, the phrase there, O ye of little faith, as a scolding. I'm not taking it as a scolding uh, because I, I would treat my children not as a scolding. I, I would treat my children and say, hey, and, and not to make them feel guilty either, but just to teach them, just to encourage them, just to let them know who their father really is. And I'm just an early father, so I can't point to me all that much, but even as an early father, I, 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 I sense it different than a scolding. I sense it more as an encouragement and, and, a, and a teaching. So, but our Heavenly Father, oh, how, how would He do, deal with us? So I don't take it as a school. I, I take it as a Him saying us, hey, listen, you, you need to get to know me a little bit better. You need to spend more time with me because if you spend more time with me, you'll see clearly that I'm going to take care of you. So come, come, son, come, daughter, come, let's spend time together. Let me teach you. Let's have conversation. Let me talk to you a little bit and you with me so I can teach you about myself. So that I can teach you who I am. I can show you for you to know me better and not just to know about me. Let's spend some time together. So, hey, trust me. Ye of little faith is the idea of trust me. Trust me. So, uh, then he says, do not worry. Therefore, I say, and to verse 31, therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? So, after we have had conversation, ye of little faith, after we have had conversation, and I'm sharing about who I am, 
and you get to know me a little bit better, he says, then don't worry about what you shall eat, drink, or wear. He says, the people that are not of the covenant, he, uh, let me read verse 32 for you as well, for after these things, the Gentiles seek. They seek after one thing, and God is asking us to seek after another thing. Seek first the kingdom of God. But the Gentiles, those, uh, you, for your heavenly Father knows what you need, uh, that you need all these things before you, before you even ask him. So he says, those who are not of the covenant, they, they, they don't have the understanding. Uh, they are seeking after all these other things because they have no understanding that your heavenly Father, the, the Father in heaven, likes to take care of them if they would just seek him instead of seeking these other things. He says they are seeking in a whole different direction, more in a worldly direction than my children should. But sometimes my children, they slip up and they, they start worrying about these things. Don't worry. Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. <laughs> and then he says, and all these things shall be added to you. All these things shall be added to you. Um, that, is, that is so interesting to me because it, it exposes some of where we are, right? Because you have prayer meetings at your church and maybe even outside your church in people's homes or whatever. And isn't it true, maybe not in your case, but I've been in prayer meetings also and I'm in prayer meetings all the time. And for the most part, people pray for the needs of other people. They pray for the food, the drink, and the clothing. Okay, also healing. But Jesus says that if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things shall be added to you automatically. It is part of the package. It is all inclusive. So if we continue continuously, if all we hear people pray is about all these other things, that is proof of the fact that they were, were not first seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Are you following me? So, so let me encourage you with Jesus over here. I'm not Jesus. I'm, I, I want to be like him. I'm not, I, I'm not even claiming to be anything like him. Uh, 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 as of yet, I'm, I'm, I'm seeking him. I want to know him. I want to be like him so that I might project his glory and make it manifest here on, on the earth as he wants me, as he wants me to be. That is part of seeking first his kingdom of God, the, his kingdom and, and his righteousness. So uh, uh, I, I'm not coming from an uh, uh, arrogant point of view. I, I want to come very humbly and, and, and say to you, uh, seek first the kingdom of God. And he's going to add these things to you and you will marvel at the provision of the Father. You will marvel at the provision of the Father because Jesus is all-inclusive. All that God has for you is in Jesus Christ. So, your Father is all-loving. 
He is all wise and he is all powerful. Yes, follow me. He is all loving, all wise, and all powerful. Like a stool with three legs. Uh, he's all loving. That means he has your very best interest at heart. Uh, casting all your care upon him for he cared for you. He, he cared for you. He has your best interest at heart. He loves you and he wants the best for you. That's pretty good. He's all wise. So he knows exactly what you need. And he's all powerful. He can do something about it. <laughs> that is my father. That is my father and his son, Jesus Christ. All loving, all wise, all powerful. They love us so much. They want the best for us. They are all wise. They know what is the best for us. They are all powerful. They can do something about it and will. My dear brothers and sisters, don't worry. Trust the Father. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. So I want to give an invitation to you. Uh, if you are part of the kingdom of God. And you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But you find yourself straying in your mind a little bit. Worrying about so many different things. I mean, I'm not even blaming you. I'm just trying to encourage you to do it otherwise. Uh, in these difficult days with the coronavirus, this is why I give this message this morning. I don't want you to worry. I don't want you to panic. I don't want you to be depressed. I don't want you to be anxious. Trust the Father in heaven. And don't worry. And all these things shall be added unto you. So then if you are a Christian, then I want to encourage you. Listen, hey, it is all inclusive. Trust the Father. Come to a, a place where maybe you used to be. Maybe you haven't been there. Come to a new place in your Christian walk. And trusting the Father for everything. Don't worry. Secondly, if you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, may I make a humble invitation and tell you, come to Jesus Christ. When it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that righteousness thing, that is Jesus Christ. And he's the king in this kingdom of God. And so he died, you know, last week was Easter weekend. So on that Friday, he died for the sins of mankind. All the sins. He's, he has made provision for your sins to be forgiven. Then on the third day, we, we, on Sunday, we celebrated Resurrection Day. On the third day, he was raised from the dead. To show that we also, the followers of Jesus Christ, also will be raised from the dead so that you will have eternal life. But that's not all that he died for. He also died so that you might have a victorious life here on earth. As we talked last week about the power of the resurrection that he makes available for us. That you might have victory and triumph in this life here that is so difficult and with so loaded with so many temptations to do 
the wrong things, and so on and so forth. So if you have never received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, as your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to, to in, invite Him right now as your Lord and Savior. That you would follow Him. That you would walk with Him. That you would yield yourself, your life to Him. That He might show Himself strong on your behalf. The Lord bless you. Kiss.